Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C. still. And today my guest is Nick Knudsen. He's the executive director of Demcast USA. We spoke, I think it was earlier this year or might have been later last year. Um, So he's back to talk about how Democrats can win. And this is an important conversation because before I get started with the show, I just want to remind everybody and we do talk about this but trump is trying to slow down the mail and he's and he's doing a good job so i'm telling everybody and this is going to be my new mission we have to vote early we have to have a plan and we have to vote early so what i have done i went online and ordered my ballot it said that it would take about three weeks so i'm i'm gonna look in three weeks and see if i get it if i don't i might actually go down to the registrar voters with my registration card and request a ballot i will make sure that i have a ballot before voting day and then i'm going to take it home with me and fill it out and then i'm going to drop it off so there are several ways you can do this you you have to go online and look in your own state what is available so in my case in maryland there are all kinds of drop-off boxes they're big they're they're very secure oftentimes they are right next to the registrar of voters where there are cameras. Sometimes there's one in a library. Sometimes there's one in City Hall. But again, each state is different. So you're going to have to look up how you can vote early in your state. I'm going to try. I am not sending my vote in via mail because I don't trust what Trump is doing. That doesn't necessarily mean I don't trust the U.S. Post Office. Right now, I kind of don't because of the guy that Trump installed. And we do talk about him in the show. But I'm not going to trust that my ballot is going to get there on time. So I am physically dropping it off. And I'm probably not going to go to a ballot box. I'm probably going to go to an early polling station. And again, I'm going to have to do some homework online and find out where I can physically go in and drop it off. During that time, I'm going to have to stay with my mom, which brings me to the second thing, which is my mother. This is this pisses me off so much. My mother has bad hips, as I've talked to everybody about on the show. So she had gone to this one doctor who said, oh, well, you can have basically those shots, which um, I can't remember what kind of shots, but it's shots to alleviate the pain that would take... no, I can't remember the name of it, but it, w- it supposedly they help for three to four months, sometimes even longer. So my mom thinks, great, if I can get these shots and I don't have to worry about having an operation during COVID, I'd rather just wait. Cort- cortisol? Cort- I don't remember. No, not cortisol. Anyway, um, I'll just, I can't remember. <laughs> I cannot remember. So she goes to her other doctor after she gets the shots and says, they're not working and I'd like to get an operation now. I'd like to do hip surgery. And her doctor says, well, you're not going to like what I have to say. And she has to wait three months before she can get that surgery because she had the shots. And that doc, that second doctor never said, never gave her the option. If these shots don't work, you'll have to wait three months. No, my mother was never told this. This is really frustrating. So my mother has booked her operation for October 30th, which means I'm going to be staying with her for two weeks and she's not that far from where I live, but I'm going to get my ballot in before I even have to do that. That's why I'm encouraging and I'm just going to encourage everybody, probably with every show at some point, vote early, have a plan, vote early, have a plan, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, make sure you talk to your friends and your neighbors and families. What is your plan? How are you going to vote early? Don't, you know, I mean, there's so many people who you know, have a difficult time just getting off of work or or dealing with election day. I know there's going to be long lines. So why don't we just avoid all of that? You can take it, find out the hours of early voting and, you know, whether it's city hall or whatever, do it on a day off, do it on a day that you can do it. And, you know, Nick pointed out in some states, a place to drop it off is 200 miles away and you have to count on the mail. So if you have to count on the mail, then request your ballot now make sure it gets there fill it out and then send it in as early as you possibly can and don't forget it costs 55 cents don't forget i'm shaking my finger because you can't see that it's cost 55 cents now (laughs) i just have to tell you a little piece of stupid gossipy shit as many of you know i interviewed steve schmidt uh, when did I earlier this year? And the funny thing was I was really excited because he had followed me at some point several years ago 
And of course, you know, I was so, you know, this was during the Trump administration and I was impressed. I knew who he was. I wasn't fooled, but I was impressed with his stance on Trump and that he left the Republican Party. I appreciated that. And he had followed me on Twitter and I was like so excited time goes by I asked him to be on my podcast and he said yes in the like when I had we had a phone conversation about you know I said could, you know would you like to be on my show and he just replied with his email address and phone number I emailed him I didn't hear anything so I thought fuck it, I'm gonna call him I call him and uh, he calls me back and we have this really nice conversation he's very friendly everything's great he says look I'm gonna be out of town I can't do it right now let's schedule it for a later date fine. We book it, you know, we make sure we ink, ink everything. So in the interim, he was on Morning Joe and he was bashing Elizabeth Warren and called her a hypocrite and it pissed me off. So I said something to him online and I said, you know, you're basically giving the Republicans all kinds of video and audio if she's the nominee, which of course now she's not the nominee, but she might be the VP. I don't know. Either way, even if she's not, it, it, it's giving them video and audio. So then he replied something like, you know, oh, well, with all due respect, the Republicans are going to do that anyway. And it's like, yeah, well, you don't have to give them the audio and the, visu and the visual. I don't think he was very happy that I said that to him because when he came on the show, his tune was slightly different than what you usually see on MSNBC, which is very pro-Democrat. Doesn't mean he is a Democrat, but, you know, he's very much anti-Trump and kissing up to all the Democratic, not, I'm sorry, I'm not going to say Democratic, but like a little bit more liberal network. I noticed on my show his tone was a little bit different and he was blaming Democrats. And that kind of pissed me off. And I, I could tell by the comments from that show that listeners were just kind of like not happy with him. <laughs> and so the little gossipy thing is I just noticed he unfollowed me on Twitter. And I think the reason he did that is because Sherry Jacobus has talked about the fact that the Lincoln, she's talked about this on her Twitter that the Lincoln Project is just a bunch of white conservative men with a few token women and never again is she going to belong to any group, party, or you know, any, any kind of organization that is, is pretty much run by white men because everything goes through that lens of, of the you know, white man's eye. Now, while we have no problem against white men in general, it just shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that the white men get to fucking rule everything, whether it's business or politics or whatever, and, you know, Hollywood, it still is a man's world and especially a white man's world. So I think he saw me complaining about that on Twitter, which I have. I've been vocal. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy to share the Lincoln Project videos. I still am, even though I'm not a fan of Rick Wilson, because I do think that they're good. I don't think we should give them any money. I think that we should only give Democrats money. They don't need our money. They get plenty of money. But regardless, I think that he saw that and he unfriended me and, or unfollowed me. And I just thought, how petty, whatever. I mean, hello, I'm a loud mouth fucking uh, feminist liberal slut. <laughs> what are you expecting from me? Anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny. So, um, oh, well, Steve Schmidt and I don't follow each other on Twitter anymore. Boo hoo. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast and it is supported by the list supported. It is supported by listeners and it's woman run. So, I don't use corporate backers. I don't use advertisers at least not yet. It is the patrons who keep this show going. So, if you enjoy today's show, go ahead and take a look at the front page and see, or at least the about page and see some of my past guests, which Steve Schmidt is one. <laughs> um, you know, I've interviewed so many different kinds of people, mostly political. The show is political, but occasionally I, I talk to an actor and sometimes we talk only about their craft, but most of the time it's a combined thing where we talk about the, their craft and then we also talk about politics. Um, I've talked to authors, I've talked to ERA advocates and activists, so it's always, it's always an interesting interview. I love the variety of guests that I've had, so if you like the show, please consider becoming a patron for like two bucks, and you can go to patreon.com slash startmeup, and you start off with two bucks. If you sign up for, let's say, four dollars or less, you get the two free shows delivered straight to your email box. You don't have to search for them. Two free shows per week go to your email box, plus you get one of the two patrons-only shows that I do every month. If you sign up for $5 or more, you can, you'll get every free show that I do. So again, that's two per week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and then 
you'll get both of the patrons only shows delivered to your mailbox. I have the tiers set up. You can go look at those tiers, but you don't have to pledge the amount that I've designated. You can choose the dollar amount. I think I have like one, two, three, four. I don't remember what I have, but you know, you can go up to five, up to 10, 15, 25, 40. You can go up to $500 a month if you want to. You can choose the dollar amount. So just keep that in mind. Again, you just visit patreon.com slash start me up. And then also you can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email address. If you want to do a PayPal situation, you can find start me up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who's been giving me good ratings on um, Apple. I always It's iTunes, but it's called Apple Podcasts. So you just go there. You can become a subscriber for free. Hit subscribe. And then you can give me a rating. And while you're there, just give me a good review because I get bad reviews from people who don't like what I have to say. <laughs> and usually they're not listeners of the show, right? They're usually people who see something that I write on Twitter and they get pissed off and they go, you know, they do it to me on Amazon with my books and they've done it to my podcast. So I always beg everybody. I hate begging. I really hate it. Self-promotion kind of sucks, but you got to do it. I don't have anybody to promote me. I only have me. So thank you for allowing me this time to promote my show. Please consider becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash start me up and then go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts and become a free subscriber and give me a rating and I'll be your best friend for the rest of our lives. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who was a patron of the show. Thank you for all of the good reviews and all of the good ratings. I appreciate it. And now, please enjoy my conversation with Demcast's Nick Knudsen. Welcome back to the show, Nick. I'm very excited to be back with you. Oh, well, I'm excited too, because uh, what you're doing is extremely important. And I, I want to go over that because obviously Trump's going a little insane. And, <laughs> and <laughs> nothing new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we have some hurdles to overcome. Um, so, so before we get into all that, let's remind everybody you're with Demcast. What is Demcast's mission? Uh, our mission is really to um, empower grassroots voices mm -hmm. to uh, to help uh, drive the national narrative and uh, and specifically within their own states. So, we want to we uh, we help people. Uh, get connected through social media to each other so that we can sort of sing as a chorus mm -hmm. with strategic messaging. Uh, and, uh, and we also help uh, grassroots uh, digital content creators who are making podcast videos, uh, memes and graphics, and, uh, and who are writing uh, get their uh, get their content out there. Very cool. So what's the deal with Adopt-A-State? I saw that on your website. Yeah, yeah. So we launched this about two weeks ago, uh, and, uh, and now we're racing to uh, catch up with with all the energy that's out there about <laughs> oh, that's it, good. Um, <laughs> which is great. It's a good problem to have. Um, so the idea here is, um, you know, everybody wants to see the um, the, the White House flip. Yeah. Uh, we all want we all want to see the the Senate flip and uh, and dethrone McConnell. Mm -hmm. um, the one way to do that is to just focus on those races, but what what then happens is people forget about some of the down ballot races that mm -hmm. are also really important. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know we're we're on the verge of flipping state legislatures in a variety of states uh, right before redistricting. Mm -hmm. So this is a really strategic time to focus on state level races. Right. Um, so the idea of adopting a whole state, is uh, is that people can put all of their energy and activism toward a set of a comprehensive set of uh, up and down ballot races within it within a certain you know swing state mm -hmm. um, and there's a there's an important interplay that happens there between um, between the the up ballot and down ballot races so if uh, if you have a uh, if you have a state uh, legislative seat that is uh, close to flipping and uh, you can drive some energy and some resources to that to that race and help that person uh, get get more voters mm -hmm. 
then those voters are also going to vote probably for the blue candidate who is in the overlapping uh, U.S. House Congressional oh, District, okay. and and also uh, and also obviously those those votes will roll up to to Senate and President and uh, as well. So, you know, it's it's really sort of comprehensive uh, comprehensive state state based strategy that and and. You know, some of us are in super blue areas and some mm -hmm. of us are in super red areas and, and feel like we want to be doing something uh, somewhere else. And uh, and this and so we're, we're we're packaging this option for mm -hmm. people and and uh, helping to helping them to um, use their social media accounts to in, help influence these races and drive donations and interests. Uh, we're, um, we are, we've created, uh, comprehensive act blue donation pages where people can donate basically to the whole state, to, to all of the competitive races within the state up and down ballot. Uh, we have, we're partnering with grassroots organizations in the states who are doing, um, phone banking and text banking and postcards and all those kinds of things. And we're just going to be serving up these opportunities for engagement to all the people who sign up to adopt a state. That's really awesome. And I just I want to say, I mean, if you're listening and that sounds a little overwhelming or confusing, just go to it's D-E-M-C-A-S-T. A-S-T, so demcast.com mm -hmm. slash focus14, focus14. What you're going to find on that page is it, it'll tell you that they give you the tools right there. So you don't have to sit there in your home and go, I don't know what to do. Everything is spelled out for you on this site. There's curated content to share on social media. There are Zoom calls. There are There's a training on effective dig, dig, digital advocacy. There's a, a number of things. And so I know there are people out there who feel like, what can I do? What can I do? I don't feel like I can do anything. Well, the wonderful thing about this site is it gives you all the tools you need. So you don't have to look it up on your own. Everything is there. And I, I, I think this is fantastic because especially during uh, this particular time with COVID and, you know, the fact that we're watching Trump try to destroy the post office and all of this, we feel so helpless. There's something that we can actually do. And like you said, if you're going, if you're going to support one, it's going to make you support more and hopefully it's going to drive more people to the polls. Um, so, so that's absolutely fantastic. Thanks, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm really excited about this because I, you know, I'm right now, I'm recognizing the, the way I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, so we could talk about it, but I'm seeing, obviously, you know, the sl we're seeing the slowdown in the post office and we know why this is happening um, mm -hmm. and we could talk about this in a second. But I think that instead of relying on the mail, um, which I feel uncomfortable with, I'm urging everybody to right now go online request your mail-in ballot because I just did that on Saturday. It says it takes about three weeks. So, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it three weeks. And if I don't get one in three weeks, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might go in person to the registrar of voters. I think you might even be able to print one out. Anyway, I'm going to make sure that I have that ballot. I'm going to fill it out correctly and I'm going to make sure everything is absolutely correct on it. And, um, and your signature has to match the signature. I learned this the hard way one time when my mm -hmm. signature, because every once in a while I do a scribble and then I, and then other, other times I write out my name. So, um, you know, I must've done the scribble when I had written it out at the office or whenever I filled out my, um, registration. So you have to, and then also I encourage everybody to photograph um, you know, the fact that you're mailing or, or, or that you're dropping it off or mailing in or whatever you're doing, photograph your ballot, photograph, have some kind of evidence of it. Um, but look up in your state how you can vote early. So there are drop boxes, which I know some people are not comfortable with, but it depends on where they are. Sometimes it's right out in front of polling stations where there's cameras. So do what makes you comfortable, but sometimes there's just early polling stations. Sometimes you can take it to a library. Sometimes you could take it to City Hall. Find out what you can do. And what's really great about this is that you don't have to worry, A, about waiting in long lines and worrying about, you know, social distancing and COVID and all of that. And also, uh, if you if you could do it early, if you get it all done early, you don't have to worry about taking time off from work. So, you know, there's this huge effort to suppress the vote. And... Um, you know, they're going to be successful in some cases. So I think doing it early can kind of, you know, bypass some of their suppression. And also it will just be, I mean, who wants to wait in, in a long ass line? And, you know, I read an article that there were 
a lot of elderly people who are not going to be working in these polling stations now because they're afraid. So there, there will probably be less. So getting right. it in early is really, really, and, and it's like, for me, I just, I'm not even going to try to, to, um, check on the mail or count on the mail because I just don't trust yeah. it now because Trump is, is messing with it. So, and that's so unfortunate. It's I, I trust, uh, UPS. I don't trust Trump. And then, so let's talk about that guy. You did a, por- you did a tweet, um, about the man. I don't have his name in front of me. Uh, hold on. Let me get it though. It's his name is, um, is it DeJoy? Is it DeJoy? Oh yeah. And his wife. Our, I, our, our new postmaster general. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So he and his wife own 30 million, um, 75 million of assets of UPS competitors. Trump mm-hmm. no- nominated his wife as an ambassador to Canada. And then 23 post office executives have been resigned or fired. Uh, seven USPS regions will become four. And there's been a hiring freeze. So basically, he was picked to destroy the agency he's supposed to serve. Yeah, and he's a he, his background is that he's a logistics expert, so he knows exactly what he's doing. Wow, he is he is he is. This is direct sabotage. Um, and you know, I mean, you can you can you can bring somebody in to try and uh, try and re- reform an agency or make things more efficient, and that's all fine and good. Uh, doing it now with this guy, mm-hmm. who's a, a major. Uh, GOP donor and mm-hmm. Trump supporter. He's the finance chair of the Republican National Convention. Um, wow! You know th- we know we know what's going on here. This is this is this is sabotage. Yeah. And uh, you know we we need to we need to all know that that there are uh, you know thousands of devoted, strong you know, United States Postal Service workers who. Uh, are going to continue to try and do their do their jobs to the best of their ability mm-hmm. uh, in this time. But I think it's I think you're right that you know we need to um, we need to be cautious mm-hmm. and we need to understand that that things could uh, things could get dramatically slowed down because of this mm-hmm. and take the take the appropriate precautions with our with our ballots uh, this this fall. And yeah. I think you know doing everything that you said if you're going to mail it. Uh, you know, as soon as that ballot comes in the mail, you turn it around that mm-hmm. day. Right. You know, do your do your do your research about your candidates in advance, yeah. so that when the ballot ballot gets there, you can you can put it, drop it right in the mail. I know some people don't live uh, in places, especially in rural areas, where they can, you know, just go and drop it off at mm-hmm. the county registrar's office because right. the county registrar's, you know, 200 miles away <laughs> right. or whatever. So um, we just we're just all going to have to really. Sing very loudly that people need to return their ballots as early as possible this year. Yes, and every state is different, so that's why I definitely encourage people checking out, going online, finding out what your options are, and taking advantage of whatever you can. And then also, uh, the in order to mail a ballot, you need 55-cent postage. So don't forget about that, and don't just stick a regular post, postage yeah. stamp and think it's going to be enough. So they're doing everything they can. I guess it's three times more expensive than what it normally is, and so they're doing everything they can to screw us up and, and mess us up. So if you do have to mail your, your, your ballot in, like you know Nick is saying, get it in as early as possible. Make sure you have the correct postage, and you know take a photograph of it, whatever you need to do. Make sure you've got a record of it. And then I also encourage everybody to, um, just before you're voting, check out. You can do this online. Check to make sure you're registered. I remember in 2016, there were a lot of people complaining that they had registered to vote as a Democrat. And then, you know, some of these people were like independents. And they registered as a Democrat. And then when they got to the station, it showed them as a Republican. And then they couldn't vote. So, um, you know, make sure you've got a picture of that so you can show and um, know your rights. You know, just make sure you know your rights because there's going to be so I think there's going to be some kind of pandemonium, you know, happening on at least on Election Day because um, people are going to be confused and scared. And we're going to be likely in the middle of very you know, high case COVID situation. So aside from being safe, we have to, um, you know, we just have to make sure we have everything. You know, it's like I I, I talked to Terry Canefield not too long ago and she said, don't Mm -hmm. panic. So we have to make sure that like on voting day, expect the worst and like in in advance, imagine all the worst case scenarios and be prepared for them. 
Yep. So. Chaos, chaos is the strategy. Yes. I mean that that is the Trump strategy. It's always been the Trump strategy, but yeah. it's it is, it is certainly going to be the strategy as we head up toward the election. So you're totally right. Expect that. Yeah. And don't don't give them what they want. Yes. Like don't you know do whatever you can to help alleviate the chaos that they are going to try and create and they are trying to create now. So what? Tell me a little bit about what Demcast has accomplished so far. I, how long has has it been um, up and running? Yeah. So we, I mean, we founded less than a year ago. Uh, or we're coming up on our one year anniversary as an organization. Um, we have uh, we have moved um, well over twenty billion uh, social media impressions for, for pro blue content during that time. Um, and it's, and it's really, uh, ramping up now. We're, we're with, with this, uh, focus 14 effort we've got, we're getting, our state teams are growing, uh, fast and and we've, we've got a lot more, a lot more action online these days (laughs) than we even had before. So that's great. Um, but, uh, but you know, social media impressions isn't, uh, is a is a leading indicator of the of, of yeah. what we're hoping hoping to accomplish. So um, during the during the Focus 14 uh, stre- home stretch strategy this this fall, we're we're going to be tracking uh, signups, you know, to signups and completed uh, postcards and mm-hmm. and phone bank phone banking hours and and all those kinds of things so that we can, uh, so that we can do a big report out about, about the impact. And we're, oh, we're wow. pretty optimistic that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have made a, a pretty big splash, uh, by, by November. Um, but yeah, I mean, our, our focus is really on action. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, there, there, it is important to, to spread a message and to, to help, help craft, craft the narrative, mm-hmm. uh, and, and tell our story, tell the blue story. Um, <laughs> but uh and and obviously highlight disinformation and all these kinds of things um uh but uh, as you as you as you step toward an election it's really about um you know in addition to continuing to do that mm-hmm. uh and you, using your social platform to help spread spread information uh it's it's about um, signing up for stuff and, yeah. uh, and, 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 and trying to, trying to, and donating and trying to mm-hmm. impact in all those other ways. And so, you know, for people who have never done the online phone banking, can you kind of walk them mm-hmm. through that and let them know what to expect? Because I think some people get a little nervous, uh, for sure. about that. So it's, and, and I've done it and I want to say it's not difficult. I mean, I've been in sales before, so I do have an edge, but I know not everybody mm-hmm. has done that. So. Well, and I think the I think the important thing for people to know is that the vast majority of phone banks, um, that we're not that these aren't uh, this isn't sort of like uh, you're canvassing and you're going and knocking on doors of right. of of people who who you know based on data disagree with <laughs> your positions, right? <laughs> this this is this is calling people who are. Uh, registered Democrats mm-hmm. for the most part, uh, and just making sure that they have their ballots, that mm-hmm. they know who their candidates are, that they know how to get their ballots, right. um, and and, and that script, they've turned right? and that they've turned in their ballots. Um, right. Right, right. You know, so it's it's really it's really just knocking on your friends' doors and making sure that they're voting is right. is ultimately what what that is. Wait, and, wait, what I, so what I'm confused. Wait, with phone banking though. Um, that's specifically about making calls, correct? Yeah, sorry, okay. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm metaphorically knocking okay. on doors. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I use, uh, I use door knocking a lot as uh, to to cover a lot of different things. We call our, uh, we call our uh, social media blasts digital door knocking. Too, I see. So. Okay. Well, just in case someone would get confused. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then also, yeah. I mean, you, you're provided with a script, correct? Correct. Okay, yeah, so. yeah. You're provided with a script. Uh, all the information that you need, you have. Uh, the, usually, there's a training mm-hmm. um, uh, ahead of time before you start your phone banking. So it's yes. it's pretty, it's 
it, it, it's pretty friendly. Yeah. Um, I have never, I've, I've never, been, when I've done a phone bank, I've never gotten into a big conflict with somebody who, right. who sort of disagrees with me or anything like that. Yeah. So. Worst case scenario is people will just hang up on you or, you know, right. if it, and that's the worst, but uh, like you're, you know, most of the time everybody's friendly and they'll just say yes, 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 or whatever it is. And sometimes they have questions for you. And, um, uh-huh. So, you know, you just, and I would recommend for anybody who feels intimidated, but I know people feel intimidated about this. Um, as I said, I mean, they, they're they going to make it all so that you don't have any questions. You're going to be trained. But, you know, call a couple of friends first. Even let them know. Right. I'm going to call you up and I'm going to, you know, let's role play. And, and then that way you can kind of say it out loud and feel comfortable doing it in a couple of times. And so it's really not an intimidating thing. It's very simple and all the tools are there for you. So I totally agree that there is... Um, you know, I mean, there's so much you can do online, but then when it comes down to it, we need to get those people voting. Uh-huh. And, the, and and I do believe it's so important right now to get people doing it as early as they possibly can. So start yep. that start, start as soon as you can, because the days are yep. It's like the longest yeah. year, but in, it's also kind of racing by. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is going to go. So, I mean, yeah, no, it's going to be the longest, shortest day of our life. Exactly. Between now and, <laughs> between now and, and, and uh, November 3rd. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to seem like it's dragging on forever. But from the from the perspective of organizing yes. and, and, and all that kind of stuff, it, it's a snap of a finger. We've got, yeah. we've got barely any time to do all this stuff. Yeah. And so, I mean, and I know there was Don Winslow did a – a video. I don't know if, if you're mm-hmm. involved with any of that, but I um I know you do back those people who make the videos. But anyway, he was saying that, yep. that he's doing three things. Trump is doing three things. He's trying to sabotage mm-hmm. the post office. He's creating a civil war. And how he's doing that is like those deploying those troops where they're going to cause a problem and then they pretend that they're solution and then promise a vaccine because he's talking mm-hmm. about a vaccine by November 3rd. Right. November 3rd. He's such a transparent piece of shit. I know. <laughs> he really is. Yep. Now, let me ask you, what um, what do you think is going on with this? He, he's saying that it's going to be cuts to the payroll tax, but it's not going to affect Social Security. Hello, that is Social Security right. and Medicare and all that. Right. So what do you think is going on with this? Do you Do you take him seriously? What's going on? Well, I mean, it's exe- it's executive overreach. He's he, the the um, the uh, president doesn't have the power of the purse. Congress right. does. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's he's just messing around. Yeah. He's he's saying he's going to do things that he kind of can't really do. And yeah. and and he's and he's uh, uh, using language that. Uh, makes it seem like he's trying to do one thing, but he's really doing something else. And, you know, I mean, (sighs) do you you think, but like, what's his goal? Like, I mean, is he trying to fool his own voters into thinking that you're not going to be taxed as much and you're going to have more money in your pocket, but not letting them know that that money is their social security money. I mean, even though he doesn't have that power, what is his goal of saying this? What do you think it is? I think his goal of saying this is, uh, and and with a big big caveat that I I think you can you can bend over backwards trying to trying to devise or to, trying to figure out what quote unquote strategy is coming out of the White House, mm-hmm. but I mean honestly I think he's just flinging shit at the wall most yeah. of the time, <laughs> seeing what sticks. Well, um, it just it just the, seems to uh, me that it would hurt his own voters, and so I don't know yeah, why he thinks. Yeah, such I mean, a I idea. think I think honestly, because because the news cycle moves so fast, and I think he, you know, he's kind of a master of this. Mm-hmm. I think I think he uh, he knows that there's been you know this feeling. Uh, and and reports from in the news that Congress is deadlocked and mm-hmm. and let's just be really clear it's not Congress mm-hmm. it's the goddamn Republican yes, Party yes. in this is specifically in the Senate mm-hmm. uh, that that is that is blocking any kind of legislation from passing yes. uh, for for relief um, 
Uh, and so he wanted to step in and say, well, the Congress, you know, it, it can't do anything. So, you know, I'm the president, so I'm going to make something happen. Yeah. And, and, and people aren't really going to understand what it is. They're not really going to have the information, but they're mm -hmm. going to get this sense that right. he's doing something. That's it. Right? That's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. think that's what he, that's what, when they didn't come to any kind of, um, agreement when it comes to you know uh whether it's the stimulus in the stimulus bill letting people stay in their homes and all that i mean that's i you know i i had posted something on twitter that maybe that was the plan so it looks like trump can come in and save the day and unfortunately nuance on twitter doesn't exist right. because i got splained to that he wasn't going to save the day and it's like okay that's not what i meant i meant that right. he's right. going to try to make everyone believe that he saved the day and I had right. to go, I, you know, I should have wrote save the day in, in, in quotes. In quotes, But, but that right. was my fault, yep. so I didn't. But <laughs> yeah, been but that, there. Been there. <laughs> but, but it's frustrating because it's like you're spending all of your time arguing with people who basically agree with you, but they just get hung up on one thing. And they go, he's right. not going to save the day. And it's like, no yep. shit. No shit he's yeah. not going to save the day. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, we've all know. been paying. We've all been paying attention <laughs> for three and three quarter years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of what he wants to do. I mean, I don't know what the social yep. security thing yep. is all about, but I do think that if he's going to say, "Well, I will magically save everybody," you know, I don't know. I don't know how that would happen. I don't know if he could get Congress to vote on something. I don't know how he's going to do what he's going to do. But it seems to also to me that if it really does come down to pass that people, are like millions and millions of people, are homeless. Um, right. it seems like there's a couple of things. Number one, again, it's his own voters. So yeah, right. he's going to impact people of color. He's going to impact a lot of Democrats, but he'll also impact a lot of, um, you know, just regular MAGA voters. So, um, right. there's right. that, but there's also just the idea that, 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 that they're so desperate to cheat that they would be willing to let this happen. And, and, and if, if, if all these people do become homeless, um, that's going to yeah. probably be the worst economy situation we've ever experienced, maybe as bad or worse than the Great Depression. I, I mean, I just can't right. even imagine. And then that is going to interfere, and people argue that, oh, people can still vote. Okay, fine. In some cases, you might go to your sister's house or your friend's house or something like that. And you'll, but, it, but if somebody is freshly kicked out of their home and they lose all of their belonging, belongings or if they lose their life that they've built um, – Maybe voting isn't going to be the first thing on their mind. Right. And, and you'd think right. maybe that would be a priority, but you're in the middle of a, a tragedy, you know, in your own, your own right. life, and, it, and it's devastating. And maybe you have to work. Who the hell knows? that There's going to be so many right. horrible circumstances that I think it would impact in a negative way the amount of people who show up to vote. Yeah, no, totally. And, and, but, you know, I agree with you. It's like, it's not just, it's not like that. that's just, I think the idea here is just depressed turnout. Yes. They, the, I think they, they think if turnout is depressed, it's in their favor and it's yeah. probably their only chance to win. And so <sighs> I think they're going, they're going to keep trying to do everything that they can to depress turnout. And, you know, I mean, some of this stuff, like the, like the, uh, uh the constant attacks on vote by mail mm -hmm. in, in Florida, uh, it's been the Republicans who have been the people who vote by mail. Yeah. I mean, that's a much older population. Uh, it's, uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's people who, uh, you know, the, those are, those are his people right. <laughs> in exactly. Florida who, 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 and, and, and also, by the way, by totally failing on the COVID response, uh, they're also an older population and more susceptible to the virus. So that's probably going to depress their turn yes. out too so uh, you know and and now they don't feel like voting by mail is safe so like, yeah it, that's why i'm saying like trying to divide trying to figure out like what the specific strategy is mm -hmm. or like you know with this with these people do, you know it's you can you can turn yourself into a pretzel i think uh, ultimately though i think it is just like we have to make sure that people are scared to vote that mm -hmm. they don't know how to vote yeah. that their that their ballots can't get to to uh to their county election offices, mm -hmm. you know, on, on time. And, uh, and that's overall what they're going to be trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we just have to try to, like I said earlier, we have to be prepared for all of it and not panic and just expect it because it's, you know, right. I mean, it's, it's really frightening. And I mean, I don't, 
I, I go back and forth. You know, I mean, everybody says, oh, I wish I wish today was election day. And I mean, actually, I do. I wish it was right now. And then there was like it would we would just it would just happen right now. Right. It would be over. But to we know when the day is coming. So uh, this happened to me, although I have to say on 2016, I had unfortunately <laughs> I did actually feel that Hillary Clinton was going to win. And yeah. I was a little excited. And so yeah. I mean, I got nervous at the beginning and i and i can't i think i think it was because some of those um red states were coming in of course they were coming in for trump yeah. and i thought oh he's being lulled into a false sense of security and then sure enough we saw what happened um right. but i think that you know it's like as we approach election day i'm going to get more and more like this feeling in the pit of my stomach nervous like oh my god because you can't go back <laughs> you know, right. it's like right. right now we have hope and, right. You know, exactly. <laughs> and there's still stuff that we can do. Yes. 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 So that's that's what's um, irritating. But that's why we do yeah. have to take advantage of every you know, I mean, I think Demcast is such a perfect uh, place to go figure out how you can get involved from the comfort of your own home, really. And, you know, even if you don't have money to donate, you can donate your time. So and that's yeah. one thing. That for people who are not, you know, literal door knockers, because we do need door knockers, but in this pandemic, it's not happening in the same way. So it actually yeah. feeds into the um, insecurity of people who don't want to do that, you know, so you don't right. have to go. Oh, knock no, on the totally. Door. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. The, the Demcast model was tailor made for a for a pandemic because we're we're 100 percent virtual. That's so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think COVID yeah. is really showing us that. Um, we can we can transfer so much of what we do for a living or how we you know conduct elections or whatever it is so much of it can be done online and you know there are so many people who can work from home and you know unfortunately you know there's a lot of positions that have been eliminated because of covid and that will never come back but there are also a lot of positions that have been transitioned over to working from home whether that's you know s 5 days a week or several days a week and you know, but I just I want to add this because it really just freaked me out. I don't know if you saw the video last night of Alyssa Milano, but um, yeah. she was diagnosed with COVID in April. I think it was on April 2nd. And, you know, there was a long story to it where she initially tested uh, negative, but then she eventually tested positive. But which she's known uh -huh. as what's called a long hauler. And that's somebody who's had it for months and months and it lingers. And she's explained that she's got like every symptom uh, loss of, you know, loss of the sense of smell. She ha had terrible chest pain, headaches, whatever, you name it, she couldn't hold food down. Um, and so she posted this video last night showing when she was combing her hair just out of the shower, um, she was losing hair because of COVID. And evidently, this is not something that's listed on the CDC website as, you know, things that can happen. But a lot of people, in fact, I, I posted this all over Facebook, various pages, and the comments are like, yes, happened to me too. This happened to me, happened to me too, mm. happened to me too. So there are people who are experiencing this uh, virus for a long period of time. And it's like, God, that freaks me out. I mean, what if your teeth yeah. start, start falling out? You know, I right, feel like, right. oh my God, we don't know. We don't know. That's we don't know. We don't know what the long-term consequences of this are. I mean, that, and that's, that's one of the uh, super frustrating things mm -hmm. as we have uh, primarily or almost completely Republican politicians mm -hmm. trying to trying to open open everything up and open the schools and you know it's like we don't know I don't I don't know if I send my ten year old to no. to school and she and she gets COVID you know when she's twelve right. is she gonna have some yeah. kind of autoimmune disorder that yeah. <laughs> that she didn't have before you know we do, we don't know any of this stuff so so what are you what it, are it you scary. gonna do uh, what's the deal with your state and school openings. Uh, well, I'm in Portland, Oregon, and uh, Port and Portland Public is not oh, good. Uh, opening okay. schools, so that's good. That's um, good. Yeah. But uh, we're we're we, uh, they've said until November at least. So yeah. you know, I'm sure they'll just keep pushing the date back. Right. It's just it's just hard to fathom how how we can safely open up classrooms uh, uh, until there's a until there's a vaccine. It's hmm. just. Yeah. It's hard to fathom. Or at least until, you know, I mean, there are, you know, for instance, last yesterday, the news came out that New Zealand hasn't had a new case in 100 days. Right. So right. I think, you know, I mean, I keep pushing the idea that we'll get we're going to get this Biden administration and he's just going to have to take a hard angle on this and lock down the country. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah. then he also has to, I think there should be fines heavily, like high, high fines imposed for anybody who refuses to break, you know, play by the rules. Because, I mean, now they have these people. I don't know if you saw there was a video circulating on Twitter this weekend about a woman walking into some kind of essential store and saying that it's against the constitution for your boss to make you wear a mask or something. And it, the, mm-hmm. she's putting out, she's pretending she's from some bogus organization, um, and, and, and basically spreading lies and it's right. not against the constitution. And, you know, but I think people like her, I mean, we are seeing in some of these cases where, you know, whether it's racist people or, 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 or like, for instance, there was a couple of different people, I think, who got charged with felonies who coughed on other people. So, um, yeah. but not enough. I don't think there's enough um, internet. I mean, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean everyone's going to see it. So people are, that, right. that kind of behavior has to be quashed. And I, I think that, you know, I don't know how we can impose those fines or how that would happen but yeah. he's gonna have to figure that out because i think we can well, take it down uh, yeah i mean the i i agree you know if but you know never fear because trump will have a vaccine by exactly uh, november 3rd remember. november 3rd that's when it's um, <laughs> but um what a funny date uh, you chose <laughs> yeah interesting interesting choice of date um but uh you know he's he's turned this into a culture war mm-hmm. this this guy, he, he turned a pandemic into a culture mm-hmm. war and, you know, it's good. Yes, I agree. Biden, you know, if, if, if we don't have a vaccine by the time he's inaugurated, he's going to have to make some tough choices, mm-hmm. tough choices and, mm-hmm. and follow the data and, and follow the countries that have been able to, yeah. to, to, to knock this thing out. It's still going to be tough yeah. because the, t- the table has been set for him. Exactly. He, it is. It, there's all these people that the lady that you're talking about, mm-hmm out there who are who are just gonna uh you know fight the tyranny of 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 uh of a shutdown and 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 mask orders and all that kind of stuff uh you know tooth and nail and and you know there's it's good that's going to be a hard one to undo well and i mean i i'll say in the blue state of maryland um it's been we we have to wear masks when we go out and i haven't really Mm -hmm. seen anybody outside of people just taking walks um, if you're in a building, I've never the, the worst I see is people who have their masks below their noses, and I'm just like, right, ah. right. But um, outside of that, people are complying. But you know, I mean, I don't know how they're going to behave in Kentucky. I don't know how they're going to behave in right. a really red state. So um, that's that's going to be the problem. But again, it's like you said, it's hard decisions. He's just going to have to lay down the gauntlet and and say, you know, this is what we've got to do. And if they can come up with a good stimulus package that allows people to stay in their homes, gives them maybe $2,000 a month or whatever it is. um, I don't know if they're going to get to $2,000, but I think they should. Then, you know, I I think that would be a little bit easier to get people to comply because they are at least getting – um, and I'm sure all those people who are screaming socialism would take that check and cash it. <laughs> you right. know, so, um, but it, but it would make such a difference and it really wouldn't take very long, um, in the grand scheme uh-huh. of things, considering we've been, you know, I mean, I've been sheltering in place since March and, right. you know, and, and it's really tough. And, and I've talked about this before, but you know, my mom is 73 years old and she lives alone and she's got, she's going to have to have hip surgery in October so it's uh, like, you know, this has been a very lonely time for her yeah. and many other people. So, I mean, we're just going to, but I will say that if we find out on, you know, early November and early November that Biden won, that we had a big blue wave, I think it would make it so much easier. First of all, it's going to make the holidays so much easier, even yeah. though it's going to be a, a lame, it's going to be a lame duck fiasco. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, but it'll still be this sense of relief and that like, okay, now we're in the home stretch. And even if Biden has to, you know, at the beginning of his presidency, put us all on a national lockdown, um, it'll be, it's the light at the end of the tunnel that we can say, right. all right, I'm willing to go. I mean, but I've been doing this, you know I mean? For me, right. I haven't, um, I haven't really taken any risk. The risk that I'm going to be taking is staying with my mom while she heals. Um, right. and it, you know, it makes me nervous, but I moved, I moved to the East coast because she did. And I wanted to be closer to her in case something like this happened. I certainly didn't figure in a pandemic, right. <laughs> But um, so let me ask you, and I mean, we only have a few more days of this to endure, 
but uh, what do you think is going to happen with? Uh, and I don't necessarily mean what your emotional um, mm-hmm. answer is, but like, what do you think is going to happen with Biden's VP choice? Like, who do you think he's going to choose? Like, do you have a prediction that's not based on your preference? Uh, I th- I have always thought that he's going to pick Kamala Harris. Hmm. I think she's pretty. You know, I I predicted last week that I thought maybe he was going to choose Warren, and the reason why is because he he favored her in 2016 when he was considering a run. I know Barack Obama talked him out of it so Hillary could run. But then um, I also, I know that, you know, James Clyburn initially suggest or, or urged Biden to choose a woman of color. And then twice since then, and most recently, um, he has said that it's not as important to have a VP. Specifically, he said that it was more important to have a woman on the Supreme Court, which I believe we could have both. Mm-hmm. And we can mm-hmm. do both. But um, yeah. and that m- made me think, hmm, is this is this some kind of signal uh, that it's OK? Because if, if, if you know, everybody's kind of going on Clyburn's work. Right. You know, if he gives if he gives an endorsement right. or whatever, they're going to listen to him. So that that made me wonder if it would be Warren. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say. I mean, I really don't know, because I uh, even though Warren is my first choice based on her resume, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. If she's the VP, I, it doesn't matter because she's already going to be all over this administration. I don't know what right. her role is going to be, but it's going to be important and it's going to be big. And I'm not really concerned. So, I mean, I do think Kamala, though, it does seem like she's like the front runner. I think I think yeah. she's the front runner. But it'll be interesting because I think he's going to announce this on Wednesday. Yeah, no, I know. It's a, it's exciting. It's nice to have something to look forward to. Yeah, except for the fact <laughs> yeah. that we are going to see a ridiculous amount of sexism. And unfortunately, right. our press is, you know, I think the biggest, the press is like the leader. And then everybody follows. So if, if, if you're going right. to have a negative article about whoever that woman is, then unfortunately there's going to be, you know, people on the fringe left who are the never Biden people and they're going to mm-hmm. jump all over it and hate on her. And then, she, of course, the MAGA crowd will hate on her. And and then that, you know, I, I liberals don't like to recognize that we are influenced by that Republican smear, but we are because – Yep. You know, people are afraid to define themselves as liberal or as feminists. And it's like if you look up the defini- definition of feminist, it's just basically equality of the sexes, period. Right. And right. so but but because, you know, Republicans have spent decades smearing that term, it bleeds over into the entire culture. And unfortunately, yeah. there are liberals that I mean, I've seen so many who, you know, like Sarah Jessica Parker said, well, I'm not a feminist, but I believe in equality. And it's like, we just don't even realize what you just said. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you believe in equality, but why are you allowing Republicans to define who you are? You don't even right. realize they're doing it. So it's so it's so frustrating to me. Yeah. But um, uh, and, and that's and that's part of what we try and do, you know, part of the part of the rationale for for Demcast is really because we wouldn't we wouldn't need that kind of uh, grassroots led led megaphone mm-hmm. if the if the press were mm-hmm. doing its job in the way that it needed yeah. to. And but we aren't going to we aren't going to fall. <laughs> we aren't going to fall for it again this time. No, you know, got, <laughs> we uh, we, the, we look forward to the day when 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 uh, the when the whole the whole of the and there's there's great. There's great press outlets. Yes, I'm not there are. Not, of course, but, there are. Yes, but but when it, but when the whole you know when the whole of the media uh, universe gets their act together, but that's uh, that's going to be a while. That's so a way in the meantime, off. we yeah. need to we need to be out there, uh, you know, screaming loud and and uh, telling the truth and and uh, not letting them own the own the narrative because the right wing really does drive the narrative in this country. They do, and they have for a really long time. And so um, I'm grateful for what you're doing because it's extremely important. Um, So first of all, I just want to say thanks for coming on the show again. Thanks for what you're doing because, like I said, it's so crucial in in this particular election. This is is the most important election of our lifetime, even though we say that Mm -hmm. every time. This nope, time, this one it actually is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, thank you for, for that. Yeah, for reals, yeah. <laughs> dudes, really. Um, all right, so tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so um, you can you can find me on on Twitter. Uh, my uh, my handle is at d e m right w r i t e dem right. Okay. And um, and uh, you can find uh, Demcast, the uh, the our, our organization and the the sort of activist portal, 
at, uh, like you said before, D-E-M-C-A-S-T.com, Demcast.com. Awesome. We'll definitely be looking at, you know, I want everyone to check that out. And thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, we got to be proactive about this because it's in our hands. You know, I mean, everybody likes to turn to our leaders to lead us. Okay, well, we've got something like Demcast, which is leading us. So we have to really be, um, we have to be on it. We have to be early. We have to get our vote. And again, really follow whatever rules, because those fucking ballots can be confusing sometimes. Just be careful. Do it slowly. And make sure you dot all those I's and cross all those T's and make sure your signature matches whatever is on your voter registration card, which you should have in the mail. But I think, like I said, I know you can find it online. I I have found mine online. I've checked it. And then take pictures so that you have the proof in case anything goes wrong. Um, Talking to him is important because what, like, you know, Demcast is awesome. As you hear, I'm part of it because every show at the beginning i say part of you know start me up as part of the demcast um whatever i say it is (laughs) i can't even remember it's part of the demcast network um i I had a little brain fade for a minute you know it happens all the time (laughs) but you know i mean i i my podcast is part of that network and i know that there are other um there are other podcasts but that is how i'm going to be doing phone banking is through demcast and it's it is I, i did it i think um I think I did it in 2016 and it's just, you know, of course it wasn't with Demcast, it was with something else, but it's so easy. Don't let it intimidate you. It's not, it's not difficult. And just look at it this way. You don't know who you're talking to. And if you screw up, so what? You're a human being. Don't worry about it. And you're probably not going to screw up because you've got a script there. You could just sit and stare at the script for a minute, read it over a couple times till you're comfortable with it and then just go slow. Just don't allow it to intimidate you. And I think, you know, God, I mean, what if you're the person who has never ever done any phone banking and you decide to do it but like 150 other people 2000 other people 5000 other people do that it, it it'll make such a difference and and not only will it feel good it'll make you feel like you're accomplishing something it'll it'll make you feel constructive it'll make you feel instead of going online and going Trump's going to win instead of doing that Go make some phone calls. It will make you feel productive. But not only that, it will make you, it'll make you and everybody who you talk to feel unified. And I think that is so important. You know, we have to, I think, again, it's important to visualize, um, backed up with action, of course, but visualize the Biden administration. Visualize, you know, waking up on, on January 21st, watching Biden being sworn in and recognizing that we have a blue Congress, a blue Senate, and a blue House, see it, you know, but, but then you have to back it up. You have to back it up with action. You have to vote. You have to figure out what you can do outside of what you're normally comfortable with. If you don't have money to donate, the phone banking thing is perfect. So, you know, you could do both. You could donate $5. You, can do, you could take, like, five different candidates, give them each $5, Whatever it is, figure out what your plan is going to be, especially for voting. And then I'm going to beg you to please tell a friend, you know, let them know you can vote early. Have a plan. That's the most important. This is going to be my new thing, because with Trump trying to fuck the mail, uh, we have to we have to outdo him. We have to show him that we are not messing around and he can't win. Just because he has the majority of power doesn't mean that he can fucking stomp all over our rights. We have rights in this country right now. If we don't take advantage of them now, we will lose them. So take advantage of them now. And, you know, one, one of the things that I'm going to try to do, and this is going to be tough, this is really going to be tough, but I'm going to be reaching out to some other people on Twitter who have massive um, massive platforms, and I'm going to see if I can, you know, organize some kind of, I don't know, messaging campaign. Nothing too, n- nothing too structured and, you know, professional per se, but just a group of people who have massive, massive social media followers that can spread this word because it has to be basically word of mouth. It would be great if the Democratic Party could push this, but I don't know that they will. So it's going to take activists. It's going to take that grassroots activism. 
um, to basically encourage people and inspire and motivate people to act, to get things done and to vote early. So have a plan and vote early. Okay, that's going to be it for today. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking, it's going to be a patrons-only show, and David Ferguson is going to be here, so that's going to be fun. T-Rex from the Bob Seska Show. And then on Wednesday, Steph Walton is going to be on the free show. She's definitely, as you know, running for city council, and we're going to talk about that, but we're also just going to do our normal thing. But it's going to be free to the public, so it's going to be a good free show. So thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow when we talk to David Ferguson. Oh, you know what I forgot? (laughs) I did this last week. I bet I wonder how many people just clicked off then. You can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y. Now don't forget, my mother is an author and she just released a book called The Melt. It's a global it's a book about a global pandemic. Can you imagine? Uh, and then you can also find all of her work on Ann Warner. That's A N N W E R N E R on Amazon. And then I'm Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y. Johnson on Amazon. You can find all my books. You can do Peyton's Choice, American Woman, The Virgin Diaries, and Ain't No Sunshine Men Reveal the Pain of Heartbreak. Okay, that's it. That's the real ending. See you see you tomorrow. tomorrow.